Hello once again, and welcome to the Business Creators Radio Show. I'm Adam Homey, your host, and I want to welcome you to today's episode. If you are a business creator, someone who helps others win at the game of business and marketing, you are in the right place. And by business creators, we mean one of several different things. You could be an entrepreneur, small business owner, or local business owner. You could be a marketing and business coach. You could be somebody who helps others build their businesses, such as graphic designers, web designers, social media strategists, media and publicity professionals, anybody who helps others grow their marketing and build their business. And, of course, the do-it-yourselfers who run your own businesses and just love to have your own hands on the levers. If you are one or more of the above, please take a moment, explore episodes, and discover how our experts can help you win at business at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Make sure to subscribe to us, and every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us spread the message and help more business creators just like you. So today, we have a very interesting topic. I'm very happy to have with us Eleanor Stutz, the CEO of SmoothSale, who is also the author of several books, one of which is Nice Girls Do Get the Sale, Relationship Building, to get results, to get results, excuse me. And we're going to talk about, uh, you know, what it takes to believe, what it takes to become, what it takes to empower. And basically what we're going to talk about today is all about sales and relationship building. And we're going to hear from Eleanor about some things that have happened in her life that have brought her to this place today. And I think it's going to be a very interesting story. I know that it touched me when I first heard it, and I'm really looking forward to sharing it with everybody today. So, Eleanor, do we have you on the line? Yes, you do. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for being with us today, and I'm really looking forward to sharing with our audience. And those who follow the Business Creators Radio Show know that in addition to being your host, I'm also a student right beside you with my pen and paper out looking for that slight edge to move me ahead with my business and marketing as well. So we're kind of in this together. So just to tell you a little bit about Eleanor Stutz here before we bring her on officially here. Uh, as I said, she's the CEO of Smooth Sale. She delivers inspirational keynotes at conferences, and she's authored three books. Uh, they're called Inspired Business, A New Vision for Biz- Building Business and Communities. Um, her international best-selling book, Nice Girls Do Get the Sale, Relationship Building and Gets Results. And community service that she did led to the writing of her second best-selling book, Hired, How to Use Sales Techniques to Sell Yourself on Interviews. Eleanor contributes to personalbrandingblog.com, U.S. News and World Report, and allbusiness.com. CEO World Magazine named Stutz as one of the brightest sales minds to follow on Twitter, while OpenView Labs designated her as a top sales influencer. Stutz's sales seminar was filmed for Edusen.tv, and she consults and trains worldwide. So clearly, we feel ourselves honored and privileged to have somebody like Eleanor join us on the Business Creators Radio Show today to join our outstanding lineup of guest experts who are here to help you win in business and marketing. So, Eleanor, before we dive into today's topic, and I know we have a lot to cover, let's just take a quick step back and give those of our listeners who may not have heard of you yet a chance to get to know you a little bit. Just tell us a little bit about your background and what brought you to where you are today as a top sales influencer helping business creators enhance their sales and relationship building. Oh, thank you very much, Adam. Uh, A little bit about me. I was always a people observer, and I studied anthropology in college. I traveled all around the world, well, in lots of parts of the world. 
I just love getting to know about people and their goals, their dreams, and what the successful people have in common. When I was on sales teams, I used to try to figure out what the top producers all had in common. In fact, here's a secret. If anyone's on a sales job, I used to take the top producer out to lunch when I first entered a new company. And I'd get from them as I was treating to the, them to lunch and potentially wine, they'd share with me all their top secrets. And I very quickly learned what it took to be a top producer at that company. Actually, uh, on my first job, I, the men didn't want me. It was in the 90s. They thought a woman couldn't right. sell, so I had to teach myself. I had never sold before, so I simply went in on any place I was invited in for initial meeting. I'd ask why I was invited in, and then I asked them how they bought and why they bought, and I had my clientele teach me how to sell. So what I'm saying in the end, it's about observation and questioning people, what's important to them. And when you can get down to the nitty-gritty of what's important to your prospective client, that's when you can get into a deep personal and business conversation, build the trust, and they will buy from you. It's about uh, paying attention to their needs, wants, and deep-down desires. It's not about what you want. It's about what they want. And that's the secret right. to sales success. Right. You touched on a lot of great uh, great subjects there, one of which, of course, is uh, what's known as the platinum role by Tony Alessandra, which is you treat others as they expect they treat others as they expect to be treated, not treat others as you expect to be treated. So that's something that is very often missed, and I hear this so often in sales pitches. I hear it so often in attempts at relationship building. That it seems to be all about the person doing the selling or looking to build a relationship, uh, treating the other person like they themselves would want to be treated instead of treating that other person like that other person wants to be treated. You have to remember ultimately where your target is. So you go to where they're hanging out, and you speak to them in the language that they understand, and that's how you're going to get more sales conversions. And in website conversions, we talk about the website conversion conversation, which is just all about that process of no like, and trust. So there's a lot of uh, complementary things that you and I talk about here, Eleanor, and we're going to see more of that as we go through here uh, for the remainder of the hour. Now, here in the Business Creators Radio Show, there's a question I ask every single one of our experts because – not only do I enjoy the variety of answers that I get, but I also enjoy the variety of interpretations of the questions that I get. So here in the Business Creators Radio Show, we provide the tools, techniques, and strategies to help entrepreneurs quickly grow their businesses. And a lot of our listeners tell me they have everything they need to implement any recommendation that any of our guest experts provide except for time and money. Now, as I said, this is a question we ask everybody. So how do the considerations of time and money apply to things like sales and relationship building? Um, okay. Well, getting started, it takes a tremendous amount of time building the relationships, absolutely. But right. efficiency is key. So what I was taught early on was to keep a running task list of things that must get done each day as well as a running task list of the bigger projects that need to get done weekly and monthly, and, you know, the six-month goal and the year goal. So every day, set time aside to work on those bigger projects. But also make certain that the have-tos are completed each day. If you have to work a little bit in the evening, do it. That's what the top okay. producers do. 
right. So sounds like what, you would uh, agree. I, I would agree very strongly. I mean, I try to start fairly early in the day so I can also end fairly early in the day, but I also know that when you got to hustle, you got to hustle, and that's what separates those who are successful from those who wonder about success. I don't think that there really is in this world today truly such a thing as a nine-to-five. I think especially here in the United States, we're so far post-industrial revolution that the idea that there is really anything called nine-to-five is to this point almost absurd. I mean, I even find it hard to find nine-to-five when I look at wage earner-type jobs or manual labor-type jobs or industrial-type jobs or the type of jobs where people punch in and punch out. Uh, I even find it hard in those scenarios to find something that is strictly nine-to-five. I just do not feel it exists anymore, and that's part of the reason why our topic today is so important. Now, the first thing I want to ask you, Eleanor, is you are one of those very rare people in the world who survived having a broken neck. And obviously that puts you in a hospital for a minute. Now, what lessons did you learn from that experience that you have applied to your business? Uh, it, it was hugely significant, and it didn't only apply to my business, but to my life too. While I was waiting to be admitted and my family was told in no uncertain terms that the best outcome would be paralysis, two visions came to me while I was on that stretcher. The first was in the form of a report card where I had high life marks, but the right-hand side was completely blank. I didn't even have a D or F, and I was deeply embarrassed because it was entitled community service. So in the moment, okay. I made a pledge to myself and the great beyond that should I be able to walk out of that hospital, I'd begin giving back to communities far and wide. I didn't know what it would look like. I didn't have a business yet, but I would begin doing it. So even with my broken neck and prediction of paralysis, I was negotiating. Um, I expected a good outcome. And then as soon as that vision faded away, a second came to me, and it was of a generic figure standing on a mound, apparently speaking to audiences far and wide, and a gold light came behind that figure and then over my body. I was just stunned. It was a gorgeous gold light. And I began having a deep conversation with my internal self about whether I could rise to be that figure. I was allowed three attempts to give the right answer. And with a okay. fervent yes, I said I would become that speaker. I would begin helping communities far and wide, no matter how that might turn out to be. And with that, the gold light dissipated. The figure faded away. My family came over in tears. And I said to them, go home and get a good night's sleep. I'm going to be a-okay. They probably thought I was delirious. The next morning, I was heavily medicated, told I'd have a minute and a half to meet the surgeon. I was expecting words of encouragement. Instead, I found a very stern-looking surgeon telling me in no uncertain terms that most likely I'd wake up paralyzed. I didn't tell you what happened in ICU. I mentally wrote out my business plan, and I was supercharged. A brain surgeon was visiting, and he did an experiment on me. I felt like all my lucky stars were lining up. I just knew 100% I'd be well. So when I heard those surgeon's words of uh, paralysis, I shot back in sales mode, and I used the mirroring technique, which I normally don't do. I completely used his vocabulary, look on his face, sound of his voice, and I shot back in no uncertain terms. Doctor, when I wake up, I fully expect to be well. Hours later, he was standing over me. He said, 
your spine resembled close to the letter Z. There's no rhyme or reason for why, but you're going to walk out of here in four days. And I did. And uh, I've felt better than ever, ever since. So how did it wow. affect me personally? I realized instead of working for me, I need to work for the greater good. And I began sharing information, collaborating, trusting other people, which I never did in the corporate arena. You just couldn't there. But as an entrepreneur, you could. And community service, I always felt that interviewing followed the sales cycle, so that became my community service, helping job seekers understand how to interview better. And that led to the writing of my second book, Hired, How to Sell Yourself on Interviews. Um, so, in a nutshell, that's my story. I don't want to dominate the interview. Well, it's your interview, so it's perfectly okay to dominate it. Uh, but what I'd like to do now is I'd like to get a little bit deeper into some specifics here. Uh, there's a couple questions I have about this thing that you and I discussed called a personal tripod. And you mentioned this thing called a personal tripod and how it should be in order prior to building your business. And since we're the Business Creators Radio Show, obviously we want to know what structures need to be there to create or build a business. So first, if you could explain what a personal tripod is, and then you could explain the impact of a personal tripod so that our listeners can get a sense of why this is important. Okay, thank you. Yes, it's very important. Uh, mind, body, and spirit. In order to build a successful business, it's just it, all this comes from what happened to me from those two short visions that lasted maybe a minute. Your mindset. 100% belief in your success. All the negative comments from all the others who don't want you to succeed or don't believe you can succeed. Got to put that in, in your back pocket, as they say. 100% belief you will. Uh, body. We have to take care of our bodies. I, I didn't exercise as much as I should have before the accident. I'm at the gym three, four times a week now, plus walking in the hills. And I eat right. really good food. And I have more energy now than I did 15 years ago. Nobody can believe my true age. Mm -hmm. um, and spirit, just anything's possible. I learned it when you put your mind to it. You're willing to persevere, learn, implement, go through the trial and error, the terrible hurdles you can overcome. And that's the whole key, mind, body, and spirit, for getting started in your new business. Right, right. So we're talking a little bit about inner game type things and some of the foundations we need to have within ourselves before we can be successful. And this is all laying the foundation for where we're getting to as we go through our conversation about sales and relationships. Is there a business tripod as well? Yes, there is. And again, it goes back to belief. You have to do that full circle that you're going to be successful. So it's the grand vision how you ultimately want to be remembered when everything's said and done. Belief, vision, and plan. And the plan, um, you know, initially it's hard to put a plan in place because you honestly don't know what's going to work. But once you've been in business a couple years, um, Put a flexible plan in place. And the reason for the flexibility where corporations can't do this as easily is that 
economics, politics, technology, they all change. And they're changing more quickly than ever. So you need to be nimble and be able to adapt your original business plan to what's new and remain ahead of the curve. And when you've got that, then you'll be able to proceed forward and always have your eye on that distant vision, and you're going to advance far more quickly. People used to ask me, how am I advancing at lightning speed when they originally thought I would be out of business within nine months? Wow. Yeah, and in an era where the average business does not last three years, that's really something, and when people make statements to you, that can have a real impact. So where did this idea of tripod come from? It just came to me. I think because people learn in, in threes, but I was also thinking of a, a professional photographer who uses a tripod to take shots, and it's unshakable because the three legs. I mean, it just is well-grounded, and that's how we have to be. And when you answer those questions of mind, body, and spirit, it, it also goes to develop your personal brand. Your personal brand is the basis of your branding program and the marketing that attracts attention. So you've got to be very stable in your foundation. That's where it comes from. Right, right. I, and, I, and I agree with that entirely. Now, what I'd like to do is I'd like to move a little bit more towards what we need in order to uh, be effective when it comes to sales influencing and relationship building. And I've heard you speak about the principle of magnetic communication and its importance. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, for years, I never told anyone what happened on that stretcher because I thought everybody would think I was a nutcase. And then one night, <laughs> I was at a party and I was seated next to this Asian alternative healthcare doctor. She didn't know a thing about me. We just met. And the next thing I hear is, you Westerners, you know nothing about your bodies. No one even knows, which is, you know, horrific to me, that we're magnetic fields of energy and that when one has a serious accident, the highest level of possibility to heal completely is when a gold light comes over your body. Well, when she finished that sentence, I almost fell off the chair. It was like okay. she could see inside my mind. And so I thought about magnetic field of energy. Think about when you go networking. There's some people you want to run away from and others you want to learn more about. So I applied that principle of magnetic communication. And um, to me, it's a very sound philosophy. So when you communicate online and social media or in person, I said previously it's about the other person. You need to speak from their perspective, ask them questions. And once you get that understanding, then you can apply what you have to their interests. So it's about delivering information that your intended clientele needs, wants, and deeply desires. And, again, that goes to building trust in you. Right, 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 right. So when we look at this principle that you've shared with me of magnetic communication, and where do we see – I'd like to maybe get into a couple of horror stories here, if you have any, because sometimes we learn from the trail that others fail to blaze. Uh, when it comes to sales influencing or relationship building, what are some of the big mistakes you've seen people make, some of the face palm moments, so to speak? 
Well, just from uh, my early days, salespeople would just talk too darn much. I learned in a public speaking class, you shouldn't talk more than two minutes at a time because people are more interested in themselves and tailor it toward them. Um, so talking too much, saying the wrong thing, being competitive with your intended clientele. Uh, salespeople are highly competitive. So inadvertently, if somebody says they stayed at a particular hotel on their vacation, the salespeople will say, oh, I stayed at a five-star resort there. And that turns people off. You can't do that. Got to right. use common sense. Right, right. I mean, sometimes things are just so poorly targeted. And, you know, the best part is, is when it comes to targeting, we have a wealth of information on the Internet. Research can be done by anybody. If you want to network with somebody, if you have somebody you want to meet, do you know how much information you can get from a five-minute Google search? Oh, it's incredible. I absolutely love the Internet and social right. media. It's quick, it's effective, and I have made friends and clients from around the world. Right. One of the points that, one of the points I need to make is with, usually with a five-minute Google search, you can find enough points in common with somebody to carry a conversation. And to me, you know, that's and, – and you don't have to say something like, because some people may be hearing this and think – Oh, I'm going to go up to the person and say, yeah, I saw you on Facebook and I see that you like water skiing. Well, if it happens to come up in the conversation that either you like water skiing or your brother-in-law likes water skiing, do you realize you've just created a connection uh, because you took a few minutes to do research and you don't even have to tell anybody you did that research. You just happen to know things. Oh, yeah, it's really important to get to know people before you have an appointment or a conversation. Um, and then don't don't make it sound like you're spying on them, but should they bring <laughs> up a point or something, you bounce in because you know where that commonality exists. Right, right. We, we do so much research on our prospects and target markets, trying to figure out who our customer avatar is. We want to find out who this quote-unquote ideal customer that we need to gear all of our products and services and blog posts and everything else toward. Why can't we do the same thing with individuals we want to influence and network with? Absolutely. And I have yeah. to say that's why I like social media because it turned the sales cycle upside down. Using it correctly, people, the right clientele finds you versus you needing to knock yourself out prospecting as much as previously was required. Right, right, right. And I think this seems like as good a time as any to move on to where I wanted to go next with how social media applies to everything we've been speaking about in this interview so far, such as the personal and business tripods, uh, sales influencing, relationship building. And, you know, once you tell me a little bit about that, if you could, for the benefit of our listeners, if you could share some of the techniques that you've seen work successfully for you and perhaps for others you work with. Absolutely. 
the best techniques, first of all, is to put out your best information without any links attached. So initially when I told people I was going to do this, it was like, are you crazy? You're putting out your best information with no potential of income. You're going to go out of business. Well, the, the opposite happened. My business grew stronger because it mm -hmm. caught attention. The analogy is that of going into an ice cream shop, getting a tiny little spoon of a new flavor to see if you want to invest in the full scoop. And that's right. what social media does. So the uh, strategy I was taught is 75% of the time, put out your best insights with no links whatsoever. And 25% of the time, put out a short tip with a short link and watch what happens. The other thing that I do, I write a blog Monday through Saturday, and that's getting a huge amount of uh, registration on my site. Good for you. And it turns heads. So what social media has done for me, it's created a lot of attention. I've received incredible awards from being active daily on it. And I'm not wasting my time. I'm strictly business. It's not so much social. And I, mm -hmm. I avoid the topics of politics and religion because that's automatically going to eliminate a, a large potential clientele. If other people want to be vocal about that, fine, but that's not me. I'm just strictly business online. And um, so what it is is that's why you need to know yourself so well, your personal brand, who you are, what's important to you, and what you want your potential audience to know about you. So the sales cycle is automated. You're pre-qualified. People are finding you. They're taking to those tips that you're sharing with them. They're communicating with you. They're bringing offers. They're sending you recognition and awards. They're asking to collaborate, and that's exactly what happened. It's much easier than having been in the field knocking on doors all day long and hopefully, you know, finding 10% to sell to. Well, Eleanor, as I say all the time, when it comes to website conversions and increasing the monetization of your website and your Internet marketing initiatives and strategies, the majority of what we call the website conversion conversation, that whole process of building the know, like, and trust, happens before the visitor even arrives at the web page. Uh, this is something that I say over and over and over again because it's so true. Uh, it's, I mean, there is a certain amount of focus we need to place on our websites to make sure that they are optimized for human eyes so that they psychologically and just through funneling drive our visitors where they need to go to move them further into our funnel so that we make more sales and we generate more revenue. That's all well and true. But if you're doing your website conversions properly, you've already done most of the work of converting that prospect before they arrive at your website or your web page. And that is where social media very strongly comes in. I also want to commend you for what you've said about how you share on social media. I, as much as possible, unless I'm sharing an article that I find interesting, which you know, I do some of the time, I do everything in my power to avoid including links. Like when I go into discussion groups and I share insights, I never include a link to it. If I have something I have to say, I summarize it right there in the discussion group because putting links in is, to me, a form of, of discussion group hijacking, certainly not a function of discussion group game. I have had people 
come to me and quote unquote critique my social media. Does that ever happen to you? All I know people come to you and critique how you do social media, trying to tell you how you can do it better. Uh, actually, the only recently someone disagreed with one of my tweets, and right. I was, you know, I I only tweet what I positively believe in. So I asked him right. why he was disagreeing with where he was coming with, and we had a discussion back and forth. So I I braced myself. I didn't get angry. I just mm-hmm. wanted him to explain himself. I explained myself, and we had a meeting of the minds. But otherwise, no, I'm not getting critiques. I'm, I'm getting praise. Uh, it's incredible. The other nice. thing it did, and I'm not trying to sound like I'm verbally giving you a link now, but my first book is six years old, and it revitalized with Twitter. People are tweeting it left and right. And it's selling as well as ever, maybe even better because of social media. It was written before social media. So that, that to me is a real eye-opener. Isn't that funny how that works? The client of ours made $30,000 last year by dusting off a 15-year-old recorded product, uh, saying it's updated, and making it digital and saying back from the dead. made $30,000 in five days. It's funny how things that were old once become new again. It's sort of like if you have a really nice suit and it goes out of fashion, just hold on to it because eventually it will be back. Same thing. That's really funny because I'm working on a revised edition and I'm revitalizing some of my older products too. They were CDs, now MP3s, and manuals. They're going back up. I'm glad you yeah. said that. Thank you. <laughs> You bet. You, you, you bet. And, uh, and what I mean by critiquing is I had somebody look at my, I think my Facebook, uh, about a year ago, I think this happened. And without me asking them their opinion, they just volunteered and they said, well, what are you doing talking about cats? What are you doing talking about, uh, jogging in the park? What are you doing talking about this? Where are your calls to action for your products and services? And I'm thinking, um, do you understand the word social and social media? <laughs> uh, I have, I've had people post things on, you know, particularly on my Facebook, that were basically cleverly disguised ads for their own products and services. Well, actually, I didn't find them all that clever, and I deleted them. But <laughs> the thing, but the thing, but the thing is, uh, where, you know, I think it's very important, especially when we are talking about sales and we're talking about relationships. That social media is one of the best relationship builders out there. It's amazing the connections you can make with people you either have not met in person or you've only briefly met in person. There are a lot of people that I count as friends of mine who I've met in person only once, but we've developed a friendship uh, such as it is through Facebook or through Twitter or something along those lines. Uh, To me, social media is the great equalizer, and it removes degrees of separation between where we are now and the people and the opportunities that can change our lives. Yeah, oh, and I need to clarify. I said I was all business. I'm actually somewhat social, too. Um, Through the years, you develop a a community of like-minded people, so we support one another, liking each other's postings because we like them. Or we comment on them. Sure, I'm social, too. I should have said that. (laughs) It's just that I don't usually put personal, personal things up there. Um, And you, you made a couple of other really good points, but... My favorite is I learn to help others. When they have something that's well worthwhile, 
I share it. I share it with my population. And we have an understanding when something is really important, we can tag one another on Facebook so that goes out to each other's audiences. But it's about helping, learning from one another, whereas most a lot of the population isn't interested in doing that. It's all about me, me, me. I don't think that way. Right, exactly. And and also to modify my thoughts a little bit, or actually rather add depth and breadth to them, I am pretty much all business when it comes to social media as well. I do share some things about myself and some things that I like, and that's just me building common ground and letting people see that I'm more than just a marketing message. There's a real human being here who lives and breathes and has thoughts and things like that. Some of the things I avoid are you know, playing games online and posting, oh, I just scored another 500 points and earned five gold coins, because that's irrelevant. I stay away <laughs> from commenting on things in the news, I mean, I could, I mean, you, you know, we, we could name like the top three controversies that are in the news right now. And you think, I think you know exactly what I'm talking about. And the way I'm phrasing this, this could apply whether you're listening to this right now when it's live or you're listening to it a year from now uh, from our archive on iTunes. And I think you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about when I say that a lot of times when it comes to social media and there's a quote-unquote news controversy, uh, there's one right opinion and all the other ones make you a jerk. Yep. (laughs) Always true. Yeah, there's probably a couple things popping into your mind right now that we see on the news where you and I as educated people who are insightful know that uh, whether it's right or wrong, there's a lot of layers to it, and there are a lot of things to consider. But because uh, we're in such a low information age where people make decisions based on such low information, unless you state one preformed opinion, you're all automatically um, you're, you're an America hater, you're a racist, you're somebody who wants people to fail, uh, you believe in oppressing people, uh, you hate animals. I mean, it's just amazing the conclusions people will jump to. And to me, none of that has to do with sales and influencing and building relationships. Yeah, you're absolutely right. That's why I stay away from it. The other thing that I delete immediately is when people tweet or post something to the equivalent, I just ate a peanut butter sandwich. I don't really care. You know, a couple times as a joke, ironically, I did post a picture of my food, and I got some likes and comments on it. But if you go to my social media profiles, you're not going to see pictures and pictures and pictures of my food. You'll see a few of my cats, and you'll see, uh, you know, me doing a few other things. But, you know, I really, you know, really that's just about showing me as being a more well-rounded person uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to how I present myself in the world, letting people see that I am a – I am a real human being. So what I'd like to do here, we're about uh, about two-thirds of the way through, and I'm really, really enjoying our time together. Thank you so much for being here. And one of the things I really latched onto when we first met each other and uh, we had a chance to prepare for this interview today is your book, Nice Girls Do Get to Sale, Relationship Building That Gets Results. So let me ask you this, and I'm just going to put it directly. You mean that – you mean that there are people out there who think that girls have to be mean to get the sale? When the uh, publishing house came up with that title, I actually was very upset by it. It took me a while to ease into it. 
because I thought she was cutting off half the population, but it turns out men like the book too. No, it was based on a funny story actually. I made good friends. It was in that first job when I wasn't trained how to sell and nobody was speaking to me in the office. I went to a Fortune 500 company, and they had the biggest and best-known copier vendor, I'm sure you know which one, um, in there. And I just went in and made out to lunch on an expense account, and we got to know each other personally. And so the woman in charge said, oh, gosh, you know, it's known as a career bender. If you make a bad choice, and what I was selling was unknown, nobody ever heard of it before. And she said, please come Saturday to my home. I want you to meet my husband because he's better trained in in business. And bring your husband, too, because they want to size us up. It was the opposite side of the San Francisco Bay. It, um, you know, took me away from my family. But I knew, to be polite, I should bring something to their home. So I I used to bake a lot in those days, and I had a uh, banana bread in my freezer. We went over to her house, rang the door, and I handed her my homemade banana bread. And she said, good grief. You took your Saturday away from your family to come see me, a crazy requirement, and you bring me a homemade bread? She said, forget what I told you, the contract's in the kitchen. Come sign it and come have coffee with my husband and I. So that's okay. how the book got the title. Right. That is a very interesting story. So, what? I mean, what else is in that message? Because, I mean, we hear that it's kind of like, a dog-eat-dog world and zero-sum game and all these other things. And I think that when people have that connotation, they have that belief about sales and about networking, there's a zero-sum game that in order for you to win, somebody else has to lose. So for you to get this deal, somebody else has to not get that deal. That can be disheartening for some folks. Uh, There are actually, believe it or not, people out there who are afraid of hurting their competition because they don't want to be seen as mean or having stolen any business. And I personally don't think that it is a zero-sum game. What do you think about that? No, that's really interesting. They obviously should not go into sales if that's what they (laughs) think. The way I view it is I did a better job in getting to know my client and uh, their situation because it wasn't 100% happy with the biggest and the best. And when you strive to really understand your prospective clientele, you can do a better job for them. And what this does, the relationship building up front, it takes more time. I was always the slowest one out of the gate. By the third or fourth month, I was always the top producer. And that's because once you get your foot in the door, you're, and you're nice to them and you care about how the service is working for them, you get the repeat business, the referrals and testimonials, and that to me is the definition of the smooth sale or the name of my business. Right. I, I think that's absolutely fantastic. Now, uh, you uh, mentioned when we reviewed this material of an added venue for a business plan that everybody should include because we talk about building your business plan or creating your strategic plan and you're telling us there's something we need to add on. Absolutely. And it really summarizes everything we spoke about and one of the visions on the stretcher. And that is 
a piece of your business plan absolutely should include some form of community service. So whatever you enjoy most, what you're best at, or the group of people you want to help most, find some free time, even if it's once a month, to help a community. Could be online, could be in person, could be in another country. But do something to help others. My belief is that if we all reach out to help people coming up behind us in our footsteps, we can leave this world in a better place. We, can, we have the power together to positively impact society. Okay, that's very interesting because when I hear the phrase community service, I have the connotation it means you have to go out and find an opportunity to volunteer and do something. And what we have happen uh, so often in the entrepreneurial world, especially in among business creators, is when you have your hustle going full blast 24-7, that feels more like a distraction. And your own business coach may say, you know what, you really don't have time to do this, write a check. So tell me more about this online community service, because this feels like something anybody can do. Absolutely. And it can begin with, like I said, in tweets that take two seconds. Give out your best tips. You're helping a wide variety of people. And I'll tell you what happened. Um, I was doing what I love. People told me I should quit my business because I was just online and that it wasn't going to produce revenue. Well, I got a lot of recognition. And then just a couple weeks ago, I was asked to become the VP of business development for an international women's organization. And they're dedicated. This is in alignment so I can do both my business and this because they are dedicated to empowering women and children worldwide, such as stopping human trafficking and stopping domestic abuse. They're, uh, some of the people adding projects are into infrastructure and teaching uh, p- women in poor countries how to become entrepreneurs and schooling the children. So it's all about community service, giving back to our world that we've lived so well in helping others, and then you are automatically thrust into the position of leader or expert, whatever term you want to say, and it will attract even a larger clientele. And what happens is you begin associating with higher-level people. You kind of jump from where you are and catapult yourself out into the stratosphere, if you will. And it, it just benefits everybody. Right. And another point that I want to make here very strongly is that, as you can see, there's so many things you can do in terms of community service from the comfort of your own living room or from your phone or from your laptop or what have you. And community service can take the form of raising awareness. So what do you believe in? What ideas do you want to share with the world? And how can you have that work alongside or in complement to your marketing message? And how does being involved in some of these causes help make you more attractive to some of your prospects and some of your customers? Because they get to see you as somebody who passionately believes in something. So if it's not for altruism, do it for business reasons is what I say. Because uh, like, for instance, if somebody sees that you are highly involved in animal rescue and raising awareness for animals that are in abusive situations and helping them find new forever homes, 
that's something that a lot of people can believe in. And whether they are directly involved in that or not, they see you being passionate with it, and they recognize you being a, a real person with real feelings, knowing that what you do in the world is good. Absolutely. And, uh, again, it goes to further qualifying your intended clientele. And you might just bring more people on board to help out in that effort, too. So it's a win all the ways around. And that, you asked me before what the better salespeople do. They work for an all-around win, not just for themselves. Everybody right. comes out ahead of the relationship. Right. Here we go again with it not being a zero-sum game. Just because you make the sale doesn't mean – that you win and they lose. Just because you come out ahead or behind in negotiations doesn't mean that there's a winner or a loser. You look for those win-win-win type relationships, and that's how you make the sales, and that's how you do uh, that's how you do the whole relationship building. And I'd like to get your thoughts on one thing. This is something that uh, a colleague of mine says, uh, Jim Palmer, the newsletter guru, said this in some of his books that just because you've made a sale doesn't mean you've made a customer. When you have somebody and they hand you money, that's a transaction. But a customer is something different. A customer is somebody who has felt the positive benefits of what you have to offer and is satisfied, is loyal, is happy to tell their friends, and is excited to come back whenever the need arises for you to serve them again. And to me, you know, that is something very key when it comes to sales and relationship building. Because how many times do we want to – you know, recruit a new prospect and turn them into a customer. Exactly. And and that's what I was talking before about the repeat business referrals and testimonials. That's right. what gives you the thriving business. And I'll tell you the opposite side of the coin. It's kind of humorous. Once upon a time, I was trying to sell to uh, somebody who was treating me very rudely, to which point right. I said, I am so sorry. I don't think I'm the right person to help you. However, I know another salesman at another company who could help you very well. And I connected right. them. The reason I did that, I found this other salesman completely obnoxious. And I figured the two of them would be a good match. Well, guess what happened? A month later, they both wrote me thank you notes. I think they wound up dating. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, you know, you know well, we, we have a couple minutes here before I want to give you the floor to uh, share a little bit with our audience about how you can help them. But, uh, but uh, you know, this happened to me uh, three years ago when I was in a different business. And I had uh, booked this one client. And you know how sometimes things look good when you get when you're first getting started, but then as you get into it, you find out there are actually a lot of problems. And it's not because anybody's bad or anybody's doing anything wrong. You just find it's a bad mix. And this person, um, you know, this person um, came, you know, sent me this email. They wrote it late at night, and it was this long litany of complaints about how things were going and everything else. And uh, and uh, and she said, can you please call me in the morning so we can work this out? So I did call her in the morning, and she was probably expecting me to, like, objectively apologize and say, let's form a plan for uh, making this all work. I care about you. I love having you as a client. Well, I got on the phone with her very pleasantly and said, yeah, how you doing? I said, I read your email, and the first question I have for you is, would you like a refund? <laughs> 
And she said, maybe. So I said, you know, let's, let's talk about this. Now, this is actually a completely separate conversation. Unfortunately, we don't have time within the, the, the last few minutes of this episode here. But what ultimately came down is we decided that uh, she would end up with a partial refund and that we would perform a certain percentage of the project that was either already done or the part that was going well. And my stated intention to her was, um, although it doesn't really feel like it's working out between us, I know there's somebody out there who can help you, but in the meantime, I want you to be further ahead from knowing me than you were before you knew me. That's where I want to leave you. And I found out later because she ended up um, engaging somebody who was a friend of mine to do all that other stuff, and it went very well, by the way. I mean, it turned out to be a great success. So my no became somebody else's yes, which was just awesome. And that person came back to me, and they said, well, you know, um, you know she said that um, – she said that, uh, you know, although things didn't uh, quite work out with you guys, she did feel that you at least did the best you could for her, and you left her in a good place. And I'm thinking, exactly. And you yeah, know what the best part is? that's exactly what you want. You want to know what the best part is? What? When I went into my next business, guess who came knocking at my door and gave me more money? Oh, that's wonderful. That's a great story. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yes. So, that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, so sometimes you just have to take a deep breath, as I found, and recognize that uh, you know, there's a difference between making the sale and building a relationship. And just because you lose this sale doesn't mean you lose the relationship. Maybe we're just not at a point in that relationship. You mentioned two people ended up ending up dating. You can meet somebody and have it be a very bad idea for you to get involved with each other, but then five years later you reconnect, and all of a sudden the way your worlds have evolved now you become an item. So it's just funny when you look at things that way. Again, it's not a zero-sum game, and it's not something where you basically get one shot at it and then you're done. Absolutely. I think right, we're very right. much on the same page on a lot of subject matter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I tend, to, I, tend, I, tend to think so. I tend to think so as well. So uh, we have uh, 10 minutes left here, and I'm going to turn over the floor to you in just a moment because I want to give you an opportunity to share some things with our listeners but before we do that, let's say that we had somebody approach you who was interested and in looking for a new way to make sales, a new way to build relationships, and they said, Eleanor, I'm, I'm stumped here. I don't know where to begin. Uh, what are the first three things that I should do today so that I can get moving towards making my next sale or getting my next customer? Because I really need money. I don't know where to start, and I'm just lost. So Sit me down and walk, you know, take, you know, give me three steps I can take right now to get me started. All right. Quite honestly, I, I would need to talk to the person to see where they had been, what wasn't working, what worked best. Of and then um, you do a deeper conversation and then take what worked best and see if we couldn't leverage that into something much better. But again, right. it, it begins with reflection knowing your true self and asking an enormous amount of questions about what your principles and values are, what you're trying to accomplish, and where you're headed. And then once that is done and all these questions about values and people you like to attract and partner with, etc., then you can develop a plan of where to start putting your information out as part of a branding package. And that eventually turns into, you know, corporate identity. And then you can um, do an effective marketing and sales program, too. But it all begins with you. 
where you're at, what you want to accomplish, what you believe can and can't work, what you know best and what you like best. And, again, back to values and principles. And then you can formulate a plan. But it would have to be a deep conversation before I could lay out. What I do is customize. I think that's what made me unique also in the sales world is that I customize programs for each person because we're all each so different. And I'd like to add another sales point, or that's why I so strongly believe scripts don't work, because we all have different DNA. So we take right. in information differently, we give information differently. A script can't possibly work, or minimally, minimally at best. Right. And look at that. You couldn't even give a specific answer, but you still gave us three steps. I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I, I caught him, so... That, that tells you right there, there is a process that you can follow. Now, again, how you follow the process is going, to, is going to be different for everybody, but you gave us three places we can go, and you also showed us some of what goes behind trying to figure out where to get started. And just like I say that it's easier to give it away than to try and find it when you need it, uh, look at what's already worked for you and figure out how you can make that work again or how you can adapt that into something that works again. I, I mean, I have uh, I have clients where we manage the launches of their products and their promotions, and they want to have conversations about, well, what are we going to do with the emails? How are we going to schedule this and all that? And I say, you know what, we're going to do it the way we did the last 12 times. We'll adapt as we go along, but we already kind of know. Mm -hmm. And they say, really? So, yeah, it worked the past 11 times. Why wouldn't it work again? Yeah. And if it doesn't work, then if it doesn't work exactly as we expected, we have the we have the institutional legacy and experience of having gone through it 11 times, and we know where to find and how to make adjustments. So, what's the what's the big strategy we need to figure out here? We create a store and we do it. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And as you were talking, I was thinking about the expression, if it's not broken, don't fix it. Right. Right. Precisely. Precisely. And and that's and that's the, what happens sometimes is uh, strategizing uh, becomes something other than strategizing, becomes trying to find problems where they don't exist or try and fix things that aren't broken or try and reinvent wheels that spin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if the wheel is flat on one side and it doesn't turn, yeah, maybe then you need to reinvent the wheel. But if the thing's turning and if you put something on it, it would roll, chances are it's a wheel that works. Absolutely. Might, 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 might get a new tire for it, might uh, get a new spoke for it, might uh, lubricate the connection to the axle, but wheel works, so why reinvent it? Now, Eleanor, what I'd like to do here is, you know, first of all, thank you so much for being with us on Business Creators Radio Show today. Uh, it's been an honor and a pleasure and certainly an education. And I think we've learned a lot about uh, sales influencing and relationship building and some of the foundations behind that. So thank you. Well, I appreciate being your guest, Adam. Thank you for having me. Right. And as I, and as I, as I mentioned, I want to give you just two minutes and just, you know, take the floor and let us all know how you serve business creators and how folks can get a hold of you if this is something they're highly interested in and would like to take it to the next level. Yeah, I enjoy helping folks getting their business up and going. It begins with a free 20-minute consultation. You can okay. reach me at 
409-0550. A sales tip is to give your phone number twice. So that's 408-209-0550. Email me your longer messages. It's Eleanor, E-L-I-N-O-R, at smoothsale.net. And smoothsale is S-M-O-O-T-H-S-A-L-E.net. My website is smoothsale.net. There's lots of information on my website. I have a blog that's written six days a week, and articles go out. You can register to get it into your inbox. And I'm available to help you with any question. Your questions help me understand what my audience needs, and then I can put out more great information for you to use. But I'm happy. I'm available for inspirational, motivational speaking at conferences, training, and however else I might assist you. Wow, I'll tell you, you know, you realize you're stuck with that email address and that phone number forever now. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but I think that's I think that's very powerful that you're such an open book and you're so open to helping people and looking for opportunities to share your gifts with the world. I think that's absolutely awesome. And I look forward to our listeners hearing that and taking action upon it. I think that's going to be Fantastic. Uh, you know, increasing your sales, relationship-based selling. These are some very hot topics that we know within the Business Creators Radio Show community because a lot of people have asked us to bring on more guests and more experts that can share with some of these topics. And I think that what we've heard from you today, Eleanor, speaks a lot about how we build a relationship, some of the foundations you need to build and some of the things you need to get in place in terms of how you interact with people and the interactions you have with folks before you can go out to them and try and, quote, unquote, sell them. And that's the message that I want people to get today is go to the podcast, listen to this again, and look for the clues, look for the examples of how we build relationships and how we connect to others and some of the tools that are right in front of you right now that you don't have to spend any money on. So we're talking about time and money. You don't have to spend any money on these things because they're free, and you can use those to start reaching people where they live so they invite you in. So Eleanor Stutz, once again, thank you so much for being with us today at Business Creators Radio Show. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Adam. And for everybody listening, this is Adam Homey, your host. Please check out our previous and upcoming episodes at www.businesscreatorsradioshow.com. Also, be sure to check us out on iTunes. Just do a search for Business Creators Radio Show. Make sure to subscribe. New episodes are added weekly. And every five-star rating is greatly appreciated and helps us help more business creators just like you win at the game of business and marketing. Until then, have a great day. Take care.